Hallelujah. 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 I promise before this day is over with, y'all going to catch on to something that y'all missing right now. There's about five to ten people that might understand what just took place in here. But today I promise that before we leave this place, and I want to see if we can make a commitment unto God at this point right now. Just about everyone here, I'm going to assume that is understands that God is their Lord and Savior. Amen? Amen. If he's your Lord and Savior, that means he's your master. That means he's your keeper. That means he's an awesome wonder. But do you understand that means you have a responsibility? And my God, our responsibility is that when we come into the house of the Lord, that the word says that we are supposed to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So this is your moment. This is your time. This is your moment. This is your time to lift up the name of Jesus. To lift up his name. Because we all have a duty to praise the name of the Lord. Isn't he worthy? Isn't he awesome? Isn't he mighty? Isn't he God? I need you to understand that let everything that have breath praise the Lord. And because he's here, I'm going to respond the best way that I know how. I may clap my hands. I may lift my hands. But I may holler and just say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, you're mighty. Lord, you're awesome. God, because you came in, I'm going to give you the praise that is due your name. I'm telling y'all, this is the environment where God wants to move. This is the environment where God wants to be normal. I'm telling you, I'm preaching already because the choir came in and they sang the sound of praise. And we've been going through this series, Summer in the Psalms, the praise edition, where we are understanding what does it mean to praise? What does it mean to give God praise so I'm letting you know that moment we just had we're going to duplicate it again and again and again and again and at the end we're going to lift up one more praise unto God for what he has done are you ready are you ready are you ready well let's jump right into it let's jump right into it let's pray father God we thank you for what you're doing on today we thank you for your might and your power. We thank you for your presence that is already here, dear God. I pray, dear God, you make me invisible, dear God. It is not me. I'm just a vessel made of human bones, dear God. But let your spirit speak, dear God. And let your word do the work, dear God. For we thank you for this, dear God. And it's in your precious son Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. 
Before I start, I just want to give honor to the shepherd of this house. Can we acknowledge our pastor, our lead shepherd, Christopher Earl Swims? Amen. No, come on. You can do better than that. You can do better. This is a mighty man of God who has been laboring before us. And I am thankful and I, I am thankful and grateful for the opportunity that he allows me to stand in this pulpit. We give honor and blessings to the first family, Sister Brittany and the Swim sisters. We know that they are lovely. As he says all the time, he will not be able to do what he does. Does if it wasn't for First Lady, so let's always keep her lifted up as well. To the apple of my eye and to my wife, I have to give honor and praise as well, as she is my rock and my support, the one that makes me better. I will not be the man, I echo Pastor Swims, I will not be the man I am today if it was not for her standing by her side. But now that we got the platitudes out the way, let's, 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 let's get into the world, word. And I'm reminded there's a movie coming out. And um, many of y'all might not know, but Elvis Presley, you know, he was a pioneer of modern rock and roll, though we know where he got his sound from. But still, he was known as a pioneer of modern rock and roll. And the thing about Elvis Presley is he never played an encore. At the beginning of his career, when he was not the headliner, meaning he wasn't the main act, they would have this phrase because he was still so popular. Even though he wasn't a headliner, they would say, Elvis has left the building. And this was the sound for everyone to know that, hey, he's not coming back. There's no more. You can sit down. Get ready for the next person. It was an inevitable that afterwards, even when he became the headliner, he would leave a polite thank you and good night. But there was just not going to be a second act. There was not going to be any more. But it makes me wonder and ask the question. It seems that not only has Elvis left the building, but in our modern church, praise has left the building as well. Oh, I thank God that praise is here today. But overall, we have not got this consistent attitude that praise is supposed to be in the building where we are. So I would have to title today's message, The Encore of praise. The encore of praise. We're going to look at the, the, the last psalm in the Bible, Psalms 150. And Psalms 150 reads as this. Praise the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise him for his unequaled greatness. Praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, what we have to understand here, that this is a command from God. This is a command, meaning that we have no choice, that we are simply supposed to praise the Lord. But have we realized that this is a command that we're supposed to do? Many of us are stubborn. Many of us fight against God. Many of us don't acknowledge that, God, every time I come into your building, I'm supposed to offer up a sacrifice of praise. It made me think, a lot of us, we like to go eat. And if you're in this house, you know we follow the heart of our pastor. Our pastor loves to eat. He talks about that good food with some red Kool-Aid at the end. <coughs> but I'm reminded of when you go to a restaurant. You ever been to a restaurant 
Sister Gretchen, you see, they, they, they have a bad attitude, that waitress, that waitress or waiter. And, and it's just a stank attitude. And, and, and you're sitting there like, okay, what's going on? I'd rather have a waiter that's there that's like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir. A waiter that's so glad to have you here. Can I help you with anything else? Do you need any more water? Would you like an appetizer? Hey, this is on the house. Sorry for messing this up. They have an attitude of serving. They have an attitude that they are so ready to be there for what you need. But catch this. This server, this kind of waiter, they're concerned with your well-being. That's their goal. That's their mind. But all of a sudden now, when you get the check, because of how that server was towards you, if they were positive and a blessing, now you are a little more kindly. Like, you know what? Let me go ahead and leave you a few extra dollars. Let me go ahead. I might as ain't even a dollar. I'm going to go ahead and leave you $5. I'm going to do a little more than 10% and 13%. You're so ready to bless them. Do we think about it that God sometimes sees us like how we see the waiter? See, God didn't create you and save you so that he can serve you. See, that's what we get twisted. We think God created us and saved us so he can serve us. When the reality was he created you and saved you so that you can serve him. I have a question today. Do we realize that do we have an attitude of a server or a waiter? And do we ask God, God, what can I do for you today? Is that our attitude? God, how can I please you today? Do we go to bed thinking, God, I'm getting ready to go to bed. And I want you to know that before I close my eyes, I thank you for today. And I'm going to let you know the first thing that I do in the morning is I'm going to thank you in the morning. Do we have an attitude of praise and willingness to serve our God? Because here's the awesome thing, that when we have that attitude, guess what God's going to do? He's going to make sure he drops an extra tip and blessing right on your lap. Can you understand that as you praise God, as you serve God, as you live your whole life for him, that he is now more inclined to meet you right where you are and cover every single one of your needs. We need to understand and realize that the power of praise creates an atmosphere where God has to respond, where God doesn't have a choice, where God says, I need to come and see about the need of my servant. Why? Because we offer a sacrifice of praise. We don't have to be pushed. We don't have to be primed. And if we do, we need to be reminded that this is our act of service. This is what we are called to do. So we see here in the very first verse of Psalms 150, it simply says, praise the Lord. Can you understand that David would go into the sanctuary and read the word of God and he would simply just say, praise the Lord. That in and of itself was enough to usher a response in the people of God simply because the command was given to praise the Lord. But I get it. I get it. I get it. And this is a shameless plug, and it's a little pushing and priming, trying to challenge you. Midweek refresher Bible study, we're doing amazing things in there. And not just because I teach a lot of them, but because God is teaching us so many great things. And in midweek refresher, we've been going through and we've been looking at the Bible. 
And that when you see the word praise, that there are different definitions that encapsulates that word praise. See, sometimes we don't know that. When we look at that there, there's one of the words, when you see praise in the Bible, it may translate from the Hebrew word, which means toda. Toda means that I give a sacrifice of praise. So what does that mean? That means, God, sometimes when I don't feel like it, sometimes when the kid's getting on my nerves, sometimes when the gas tank's on E, and I want to curse somebody out. God, I got to push myself to give a sacrifice of praise. It doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. But God, when I give you Toda, that's showing to you I'm giving you a sacrifice of praise. Then there's another one. Sometimes when you see the word praise, it's the word yada. Yada is a word that means hands raised. It's a surrender. It's a crying out. Pastor Swims is giving yada at this very moment. What's supposed to be happening in children's church? But little Carrie says, God, says, Daddy, yada, I'm surrendering and I need you. What did Pastor Swims do? He responded to the yada praise of Carrie. So what does that mean? That sometimes we have to give God a yada praise where we surrender to him. But in surrendering to God like a father he's going to come and yet again meet us where we're at when we understand the power of praise that even in a surrender and submitting ourselves underneath the power and the authority of God he has to move then there's another one I love this one the Pentecostal boy in me loves this one very much it's the word Shabbat when you see the word Shabbat, that means a praise that is a shout for joy, loudly and triumphantly, as if victory was in the balance and we win. Can you imagine when we grow and mature to a place of praise and we give a Shabbat to God? This was what David did on the battlefield. He would cry loud and spare not. So that meant as if victory was in the balance. Can you imagine that that situation you're facing, you don't know how to do it, but you give God a Shabbat of praise and you say, God, I don't feel like I I could win, but I'm going to Shabbat you anyways. And in Shabbat you, I'm claiming that victory is already won. Praise is so important because it unlocks so many keys to the kingdom. But tonight, today, I want to look at a different word that we have for praise. The one word for praise that we see here each time in Psalms 150, every single time it's used here. It's this word for praise. And this word is halal. Halal is the Hebrew word for praise that we see here in Psalms 150. And halal means that your soul rejoices. That something on the inside has to move on the outside. That means that you are boasting, that you are bragging on that thing. That means you are shining a light on it. But I love this one. It means that you act clamorously foolish. What does that mean? I'm acting clamorously foolish? That I'm, I'm supposed to act like a fool? Well, come here, David. Let's go to 2 Samuel. In 2 Samuel 6, we see the story here. 
The Ark of the Covenant, which signifies the presence of God, has been removed from the people of God for a period of time. It is at this point, David says, I want to restore the Ark to its proper place, meaning I want God to have its proper place. Let's take a moment right there. Sometimes in our life, we have to acknowledge, God, you are not in your proper place in my life. So I need to move and see how I can get your presence back. So David is here going after the Ark, and he brings the Ark back into the place where it's supposed to be. And it says in 6-4, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly garment. So David and all the people of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts of joy and blowing of the ram's horn. I think the thing we miss, also let's pause right here, is that culturally during this time, they knew how to celebrate. They knew how to celebrate in God for what he has done. We miss those opportunities not just in church, but where we celebrate and let everybody know we are celebrating God. So they're doing that there. But then, of course, you have those people. Oh, my gosh. When you're trying to do the work of the Lord, but they looking with the stank face. What happens here? We jump down to verse 16 and we see David's wife. And it has records this here. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked down from her window. And she looked down, she said, hmm. She said, when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she was filled with contempt. It drops down to verse 21. As soon as David comes in, he finished blessing the people, gave them a blessing as a king. He comes back to do his job and to bless his family. And right when you come in with the praise, doesn't it seem like the devil puts someone in your way to try to knock you back down? So David comes in and he sees his wife. And sometimes we know men, when they got that look on their face, like, oh, I'm in trouble. What did I do? But David said, no, I didn't do nothing wrong this time. So David retorted to Michael, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me above your father and all his family. He appointed me as leader of Israel, the people of the Lord. So I celebrated before the Lord. Then David said this. This is what encapsulates halal. He says, yes, and I am even willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. My King James Version says, and I will become even more undignified than this. What was David saying? David was saying his halal meant that he doesn't matter how he acts or how he looks. If you think he's crazy, he may be crazy, but he's crazy because he's praising his God. Praise has left the building because we no longer we are too concerned with how we look oh my hair gotta be right I can't have my eyelashes fall out I can't do all this but can we get to the place where we halal God where our soul rejoices so much it doesn't matter what I look like it doesn't matter what I sound like but because we come into his presence we will lift up a praise and it doesn't matter how I look it doesn't matter how I feel why because God is worthy. I love it because we're all over the Psalms today. If we look at Psalms 34, David answers and says this. He says, I will bless the Lord at 
all times. He says his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I see Principal Ross in the back. I know a little bit about grammar. That word I is a singular pronoun. That means no one else can do it but me. So the word commands us that I will bless the Lord. So it doesn't matter what I look like or what I feel like. But it then goes on and says it will continually, meaning that it's a process, meaning that it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. That means our praise doesn't stop. But sometimes we have to build the endurance for our praise. We have to build the fortitude for our praise. So yes, I am here today to say sometimes praise has left the building. Why? Because we've gotten lazy. We say, God, it don't take all that. God, it don't require all that. But I think when I see this text here, it says, my, my soul shall make a boast in the Lord. That's a halal, meaning my soul will brag on you, God. Why? The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. It goes on to say this, though. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And catch this. Now we all have a part to play. Let us exalt his name together. We see here in the book the reason why praise has left the building is because we don't come together. We don't exalt God. We don't lift his name up. Why? Because he is worthy. Why shouldn't I give him the praise? Why shouldn't I give him the glory? He is still yet God. And because he's God, I have a responsibility. But we've missed that. That has left the church somehow. And I'm not trying to fuss, but I'm standing here as a minister of the gospel, knowing how good God is. And so every time I come into this place, I don't apologize. I gotta lift his name up. I gotta praise him for who he is. Why? Because he's been just that good. This is the duty of every believer to acknowledge him and lift his name up. I just love him that much. I just want to serve him that much. It is my heart's desire. It is the thing that I live for because of who he is. Because of how awesome he is. So let's keep going. It says, praise the Lord. So that word praise in the first verse is that word halal. Then we see here the word praise the Lord. Notice something here. When you see the word Lord in the Bible, you'll see it written different ways. You'll see it written in all caps. That's what we see here, praise the Lord. You'll see it written with capital L, lowercase. And then you'll see it as written in with a lowercase l, that's for dignitaries or anything like that. When we see this word here, Lord, this is a powerful word. This word is a powerful word. This word means Jehovah or Yahweh. Jehovah or Yahweh. God, what, what, what does this mean? I have to go back to Exodus 3 and 14. And we see here the story of Moses. And in here, the story of Moses, we see he's at this point. He's being called to the ministry so much. This is his calling. He is there at the burning bush. And God's now telling him, hey, I have a command for you. I have something that I need you to do. Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? 
God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign, that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses, like us, protested. Moses, like us, felt like, hey, man, ah, this ain't it. I don't know. I'm doubting myself. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me, they will ask, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses with this beautiful saying. He says, I am who I am. (laughs) He says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent you. (coughs) Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. He says simply, I am that I am. What we have to understand, the Hebrew culture had a word for God that was so significant, they didn't even bother to say it. It was a word that was Y-H-W-H. It had no vowels. We put the vowels together in our English language. Therefore, we get the word Yahweh. So what does that mean? We need to understand. To understand praise, we have to know who we're praising. See, the thing about it is... Sometimes we don't fully understand who we're praising. We are praising Yahweh. Who is Yahweh? Yahweh is a name so sacred, it is only a name that God gave himself. No one else named him that but God. He is the great I am. So when we see Lord in all caps, that is that word Jehovah. That is that word Yahweh. This is the God that wants a relationship with you. This is the God that came to meet you and see about you. He is self-sufficient, he is self-existent, and he is eternal. As they sung earlier he is the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end it says in revelations i am the one who is who always was and who is still yet to come the almighty one this is the god that we serve this is the god that we sing about so whenever we see the word praise the lord we're combining two things now we're combining the word halal and we're combining the word yahweh halal yahweh halal yahweh y'all still just missed it so whenever we see the word praise the lord we're really just saying hallelujah we're really just giving god the highest praise why because he's deserving he's deserving of my soul rejoicing he's reserving deserving of me boasting in him why because he's yahweh because he's the great i am so whenever someone stands before you and says praise the lord your response should be hallelujah why because he's that good so praise the lord Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The highest praise that we're supposed to give is hallelujah. It is important and significant that Psalms 150 closes out the 150 books of Psalms and it starts and ends with the highest praise. That is what God is asking of us. Whenever we come into his building, we are supposed to give him the highest praise. That means the best that we have to offer. But yet again, I have to check us, myself included. Do we always give God our best? No. That's my answer. I'll let y'all answer for yourself. No, I don't. So I have to ask myself, man, has praise left the building? (laughs) So we see. It goes on to say, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. 
okay, praise God in his sanctuary, praise God in his mighty heaven. I'm sitting there thinking, God, if praise left the building, how do I bring it back? I have to praise God in his sanctuary. That means whenever I step foot through the doors in the temple and the sanctuary of God, I'm supposed to offer a sacrifice of praise, a toda of praise. Do we have that understanding and expectation that every time we wake up to come to church, that we come here with the understanding that I'm supposed to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Can you imagine how much more God would show up if we showed up ready for him? Don't we don't like it when we're going somewhere and the teacher's unprepared or the meeting hasn't started on time? Why? Because we came with an expectation, but you did not meet my expectation. How many times has God looked down on us on a Sunday or a Wednesday and said, I'm waiting to show up in your life, but you are not fulfilling the command that I gave you. Can we get to the place where praise stays in the building. Why? Because we come with an expectation. I just want to see that if from this day forward that wherever we go as blood washed believers of God we will forever come with the expectation that I'm going to give you praise. That that is my duty but catch this. Praise him in his sanctuary. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the most high? God, that means wherever you go, you are a walking, talking symbol of the praises of God. That means whatever I do, I have to praise him. Why? Because my body is his temple. When I confess with my mouth that God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, and he decided to live in my life now and forevermore, my body has forever been changed why because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know I know I know who holds my future that's because he lives when we realize that his word says we're supposed to praise him in the sanctuary that means our bodies are walking examples of that. That means on my job, it ain't the temple of the Lord. But since my body is, praise goes with me. That means whatever I'm facing, praise goes with me. Why? Because it even says, praise him in his mighty heavens. What is the mighty heavens? The earth and all that there is in it. That this is the place where God wants to fill praise forever. Do you know that at a certain point, he's going to crack the sky. He's going to take us home to be with him. But guess what? That's not it. There's more. And what more happens is that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And that he's going to fill it all with his presence. So why wouldn't I do that now? Why would I wait for that moment? And be like, oh, no gonna be quiet he's an awesome God he's an awesome God no when I get to heaven I'll do that no praise him in his sanctuary praise him in his mighty heavens I love it because coming out of this post pandemic there's a phrase that's been popular on the internet and that praise that's been popular on the internet is we outside this summer we outside this summer. Oh, we outside all summer 2022. Why? Because they're excited to get back into a place where they could do what they want to do. 
but I just wonder can we get the people of God to get excited that we outside and because we outside that means God is still yet with me we have to see that we have to see that it goes on to say praise him for his mighty works praise him for his unequal greatness. We're seeing the formula right here for what we're supposed to do. How do we bring praise back to the building? We praise him for his mighty works. Can it get to the point where the choir, the praise team, the minister of worship is not just singing a song, but that song resounds in your spirit. And since that song resounds in your spirit, you now think of the mighty works that he's done. What did he do for you? He woke you up today, first off. He allowed you to put clothes on your body he put you in your right mind he got some food somewhere in your belly because you still have life so because of his mighty works but guess what that's not it we got testimonies on top of testimonies on top of testimonies of all the things that God has done so guess what you may not have nothing in your praise bank you may not have nothing in your praise reserve but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me my soul cries out hallelujah sometimes it just takes just a thought just a memory just a moment that I look back over my life and I see where he's kept me I see where he's kept on keeping me I see where I walked outside of his will but he pulls me back in so I have to give God a praise for his mighty mighty works but I love that as well. It says his mighty works. That means God is a God of strength. God is a God of power. God is a God of omnipotence. That means God can do anything that you can say to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea. You can say, oh, what to this mountain? And God will do that thing because we serve a mighty God. It's not a weak God. This is not a frail God. This is not an impotent God. This is El Shaddai. This is Adonai. This is Yahweh. This is Elohim. This is the God who's with us. This is our God. But then it goes on to say, David just doesn't stop there. He says, praise him for his unequaled greatness. Unequaled greatness. That means he has no match. He has no superior. He has no one to report to. He is God and God always. That means it is unlimited. Oh, I'm part of the unlimited sip club at Panera. I love it. That means I could go to Panera whenever I want and I could get whatever I want to drink. Eat, drink for free. Why? Because it's unlimited. Just as I have the expectation to go and receive something unlimited from Panera, do I have the expectation that we serve an unlimited God? What does that mean? It means his mercies are unlimited. It means his grace is unlimited. It means his favor is unlimited. It means his healing is unlimited. We serve a God that has unequaled greatness. There is none like you. There is none. No one can compare to the things that you do. When we sing about that, when we see that, that should prick our souls. To respond in halal because we realize, God, no one can do what you do. No one means 
as much as you mean to me. I loved it, and I still love it. Growing up, my kids would ask, Dad, which one do you love the most? Which one is your favorite? I would proudly look him in the face and say, I don't love you as much as I love God. My goal is for you to live your life, that you love God more than you love me. Because if you could love him and it's unlimited favor, you will learn to love me better. The thing that's missing in this world is we don't understand that we serve a God that's worthy to be praised. That's worthy of this because he has never failed. Not once. There is an, a spotless record in God's character that he has never Failed. There's so many debates that go on. Who's the greatest? Michael Jackson. Beyonce. Who's the greatest? Michael Jordan. LeBron. Kobe. It's Kobe. But still, there's so many debates that take place. But again, I love it and I see why David was a friend of God because he understood things about God that we sometimes fail to grasp. If we jump back over to Psalms 24, we see that this Psalm of David where he says this, how great is our God? David writes this, the earth is the Lord and everything in it. That could be it right there. That our God is so great that the earth is the Lord and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and he built it on the ocean's depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He is unequal in his greatness. David is saying no one can compare no one at all. As we look to the next three. The next three verses we see here, it says, praise him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the loud and harp. So quick Bible study, what does that mean? When they blasted the ram's horn, you got to understand, they didn't have text messages back then. They didn't have cell phones back then. But when in the community they heard the sound of the ram's horn, they said, look, this is a call to worship. This is a call for us to come together. Do we understand that when we praise God, he is calling us to worship. He is calling us to acknowledge him. So when we start with praise and worship, and now I got to back up the choir and the praise team and everyone else who's a minstrel of God, that it is a call to worship. It is not a spectator sport you don't know what it's like to stand up here and look at people not y'all because y'all blessed today but look at people with dry and sour faces when you're trying to talk about a great God and you're seeing he's an awesome God he's a wonderful God he's an alpha and omega and people just sitting there like oh gosh when, when we go, hey what you doing at the service oh, text me all right text me real quick and saying all that but understanding that this it's a call to worship. Praise has left the building because we've forgotten how to respond to the call to worship. <clears throat> it goes on to say, praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and 
flutes. What does that mean? I had to look that up. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. We got tambourines and sometimes someone likes to dance. But what really does that mean? It brought me back yet again to Exodus that when the people crossed over, they knew something about celebrating. When they crossed over the Red Sea, people went forth with tambourines and dancing. Why did they do that? They did that because they wanted to praise God for being a deliverer. They wanted to praise God because you brought me through something. You brought me over something. So when we come into his presence, can we acknowledge him with the tambourine of the dance, with the moving of our body or our limbs, or with the clapping of our hands, that God, you have been a deliverer. What does that mean? That you brought me out of something. Everyone that has been here, you've had your Red Sea. You've had your wilderness moment. But God brought you to this place. And God brought you to this day. Guess what? You may still be in your wilderness, but you see the promise over your head. So can you get to a place where you praise him in the middle of it? That there's also a praise for him being a deliverer. Then it goes on to say, praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. I'm like, why do you say this twice, God? Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the loud clanging cymbals. But I had to look back. And again, I'm fairly astute. I love to study the word of God. And when I look back culturally, what happened? When they praised him with the loud clanging cymbals, that was a praise after the victory that meant the battle was won. I wondered why did you leave that again and say that twice? Because he wanted to remind us that your praise in victory signals to the enemy that their defeat has taken place. What does that mean? It could be like the people of Jericho marching around the wall seven times but on that final time they gave a shout and I can only imagine the people inside the walls what is these crazy folks doing? Marching and talking and doing all this but there's nothing that's happening but then they gave a shout and that shout shook the very foundation of the enemy can we get to the place where we bring praise back to the building and that your victory may not be finished yet but your shout your shabak is a signal to the enemy that God I'm going to praise you in advance that God whatever I'm going through whatever this situation if I seal it with the praise if I cover it with the praise that means God victory is mine victory is mine I've already won the battle is over the enemy has been defeated I am the champion because praise now becomes my weapon praise now becomes a tool that I use to defeat the enemy (coughs) but then so that was for the praise team. That's our, re- our response, that when we come in worship, that we have a mandate for it. Please understand, from this moment forward, everyone in here is a fire starter. What's a fire starter? When I start my fire outside, I got these two big logs. But I'm not a handyman. I don't know how to keep that fire going. So what do I use? I go to the store and I buy an additional thing. What's that additional thing? It put it underneath the logs. And I like that. And it sustains the fire until it catches on. So I'm looking for the people of God who are now going to forevermore be the fire starters. That means when I come into church, you could be sitting there looking like you look, but I'm going to praise God and I'm going to keep praising God until it catches on. And then just like the 
day of Pentecost, it's going to move like a mighty rushing wind. This is the power of praise that we can become the fire starters. It'll take someone else to do it. You can do it. And watch God multiply and magnify that thing and make it so like it's never been before. That when we come in here, that the expectation is we blow the roofs off this place. The expectation is that over there, we know what they do over there. There's some drugs over there. There's some selling us some things over there. And so we realize that let's shake the foundation with praise that they can't sleep at night. Ah! That they can't even talk. That they can't even walk. Why? Because praise has reached them where they were at. So we see here, we get to this point. It says something so beautiful. Let everything that hath breath sing praises to the Lord. <coughs> Let everything that hath breath Sing praises to the Lord. It's at this point. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But I have to go back to the title of the message on today. That the title of the message on today was the encore of praise. The encore. What does that word encore really mean? It's a French word. And that French word means again. That French word just means again. See, some of y'all still missing it. But can we give God a praise again? <laughs> can we give God a praise again? Guess this. I'm going to steal this. I stole this from Steve Harvey. I might need a little Baptist playing around me because this is how we should play. This is how we should get excited for God. It's almost like you're making an announcement. And it's almost like you're saying, May, hey, please, can everyone please rise? And we say this, ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His resume is too long to list. Guess what? He has done the impossible time after time. What did he do? He fed 5,000 hungry souls with five lish and five loaves of bread. Guess what he can do? He can walk on water. He can turn water into wine. Hey, where does he come from? He hails from a manager, a major in Bethlehem. He comes by Jerusalem by way of heaven. What is he known as? He's known as the wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. He's also hailed as the king of kings, ruler of the universe. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. Some call him the bright and morning star. Some say he's the rose of Sharon. But in Psalms, David said this, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord invincible in battle. Open up ye ancient gates. Open up ye ancient doors. And let the king of glory enter. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of heaven's army. He is the king of glory. And what's his name? His name is Jesus. I just wonder for a brief few minutes. Can we give God an encore of praise because the king is here the king is here praise him like the king is here your deliverer is here shout hallelujah ha! 
This is the God that we praise. This is the God that we sing about. This is now forever the standard of our praise. Don't you dare let your praise ever diminish before this level. Why? Because he's deserving of it. He's deserving of the praise. He's deserving of the praise. Come on, play that a little bit louder. Play that a little bit louder. Praise him with the cymbals. Praise him with the dance. Come on, clap your hands, oh ye saints, and magnify the Lord with me. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let everything 